We'll get something going. <laughs> yeah, there should be like a little like camera button. Are you on your phone yeah. or are you on a computer? Phone. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, there you are. He's on. Cool. Oh, All shit. right. Nice. We're here. Uh, All right. It's working. We're in. Um, I guess I don't know. You want to just kick it off? Did you press record already? Yeah, yeah. I can so we're live. Yeah, we're no, not live. We're but, not live. But we're we are recording. recording. All right. I'm gonna just kick it off. Then we'll just jump right into it. What's up, guys? Welcome to Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 15, right? 15. 15. Um, I'm Dan. I'm Brantley. Yeah, and today we uh, have a very special episode. We are talking to Danny Presti of Max Public House. So um, we've been trying to get this together for a while now, right? It's been a couple months. It's been a plan, guys. Let's Let me see. Let's uh, I think we're I'll take I'll take the blame for it. <laughs> Not so. Everyone's been busy, man. Everyone's been busy, and it's been a hell of a year. But yeah, I think I'm gonna just throw the ball to you and kind of ask you a bit before we go into like what happened with Max and all of that. I want to ask you a bit about you, like who you are, like where are you from, what's your story, you know? Yeah. All right, I'll jump into that. Sure. So, my name's Danny Presti. Uh, born and raised in in uh, Staten Island, New York, and uh, was kind of just a regular guy going about his life until uh covid struck and like many people <laughs> yeah like us yeah. even uh even before that though so some things changed so i have some really young children uh, my kids right now are um four and a half three and a half and one and a half so mm -hmm. really little and they were even younger when covid hit yeah. uh, but even before that uh things changed with my life for a while and uh, my business partner keith also um who's one of my best friends, he has some young children too. And when we decided to start a business and we both had really young kids, uh, our lives kind of uh, changed a lot. Yeah, Between I mean, that's a huge four, risk. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big, big risk to throw your money yeah, and all that a, into it. So. Between us working so much and having to be there for our kids, um, <laughs> until you have kids, you don't realize that there are a lot of people close to you that want nothing to do with you after you have <laughs> I've had other friends who have kids uh, tell me the same thing before. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, and I didn't think it was going to happen to me. I had some really close friends. Um, some of them I haven't even seen. I used to see them all the time. I haven't seen them since I had kids. Um, so that was a different dynamic. I already started to hate people in general after that, <laughs> and I made I made a decision with Keith, and we said, you know what? Let's do something for ourselves. Uh, we both have a problem working for people, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You have a problem working for people? <laughs> so we wanted to do something for ourselves, and, you know, we had young children. We're like, we'll be able to support our families and, you know, tell everybody else to go, um, you know, screw off. Yeah, well, that, that's the dream, up. you know. And we did it. Uh, we got crushed right from the get-go. Um, state liquor authority decided to move. Uh, you guys could jump in and ask questions or redirect sure. any. I'll just kind of keep like spit firing. So when we decided to start up Max, um, the normal time for a liquor license usually takes about four months, and that's it. That's after hiring a lawyer who's an expediter to expedite the process. Huh. But they say three to four months. Um, that's for New York City. Anywhere else in the state of New York, you could get a temporary license while like the, the paperwork's ongoing, and you could get it in a matter of a couple of weeks. Wow, but I didn't even realize it took that long. 
Yeah, New York City decides, no, three to four months, no exceptions whatsoever. Well, the Liquor Authority didn't tell anybody that they were moving offices. And then they literally just stopped processing applications, and there was a backlog of everything. Hmm. So, the three, so the three to four month process took, I think, 11 and a half months it took us to get our liquor license. What, now, when did you guys been, open, if you don't mind me asking? Um, we opened, I don't even know what year it is anymore. Um, we finally got our license the day after Thanksgiving. We were able to pick it up. Um, what was that? 2019. So you guys started very, very early, like meaning right before the lockdowns even happened. You you guys were like a relatively new business. Yep. Wow. But I, I didn't know that. I, I figured you guys had been a spot that was just there, you know, and you were just kind of fighting for that, you know to stay there in that spot that you've been there for many years. I didn't realize you guys were like this new business that didn't even get, you know, barely got your, your wings off the ground. Yeah. It just took us so long. Um, and a lot of like, uh, we started just getting between the liquor authority, just doing that to us because who has, we're two regular guys. We didn't have like big money or anything. Spot was good. We were like, you know what? We'll put a lot of sweat equity into it ourselves. Uh, we built out a lot ourselves in there. Yeah, uh, unless you have a venture capitalist, that's the only way to do it, really. Because who has then try explaining to the landlord and and this and all the bills that are coming in while we're trying to work and build this place out for an extra, you know, eight months, and like a bunch of businesses were already crippled from that. Then, not to mention when you open, um, just how many, what the regulations are, uh, and we're guys who have been in the business managing for a while. Um, it was just sickening. And then when COVID hit and what they did to us again, it was just like, you know what? I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. And, so, so, you know, I guess moving on into that, were, were you the one who I guess decided like, all right, we're, we're going to stay open. You know, we're going to defy Cuomo's orders. We're going to defy de, Blasio, de Blasio's orders and we're going to stay open. Or was this sort of like a collective thing that you and Keith and, and the rest of, you know, the people who work there all kind of discussed because obviously you would have had to have you know known the risks that were involved in making that decision and it's not like some small decision that's a big decision to make so yeah so what happened was early on the, um you know when they were like two weeks flat on the curve i always go back to that because it's such a joke yeah <laughs> i think any anyone with you know a critical thinking mind or any any you know open-minded person should have realized very early like this is this is bullshit they don't mean two weeks clearly so this is going to go on yeah, the first few weeks, probably the two weeks, you know, you guys probably thought the same thing. Sure. We were like, shit, like, this is really bad virus going around and, you know, like, we could die. And then after, like, two weeks, we're like, we're not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very quickly they realized that it wasn't the, the threat that they had initially, you know, thought that it was. They were saying, you know, tens of millions or making wild estimations based yeah. off what happened. The models Italy. and projections, which are all wrong. And, it, you know, it all turned out to be wrong. And I think now it's, like, something less than 1%. It's like the... Yeah. Yeah. It's... yeah. And then... Uh, you know, I, t I started to tell people, I'm like, it's either they have no idea what they're talking about, or they know exactly what they're and talking about. Played. Doing this, and, you know, two weeks is two months, is four months, six months. And I'm like, this is either completely planned, or they're, they're a joke. And you know what? I think the answer lies somewhere in between, yeah, or a combination of both. I agree. I think it's, you know, a combination of, yeah, malevolence and deliberate 
taking advantage of a crisis and then there's another combination of just plain incompetence and fear you know I, and i think a lot of people did jump on board initially because they they really thought that they were doing the right thing you know because they were convinced so heavily by all this propaganda that this is what we have to do to fight this and this is what it means to be a good person you got to stay home close everything etc so but i think as time dragged on a lot of those people even when they maybe started to come around i think we're just too embarrassed too too prideful to admit that they got played you know that they got had and i think there's still many many people identifying so much with that decision to close and the masks and all of that because they just can't admit to themselves that they got played they got taken advantage of they got lied to it's not an easy thing to admit you know it's really difficult to admit something like that yeah it's still uh yesterday i went to target um i think nine i'm gonna say 90 to 95 percent of people still have their masks on that's crazy like yeah, just looking around. Like, what's, like, what are you what's going on? It's like, have you been to Texas? Have you been to Florida? Have you been to other places that are like open right now? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> was, there. yeah, I had a weird experience too because I, I have I jammed up my finger swimming and I, I had to go to you know a specialist to figure it out. And I went to one place and it was you know run by these two guys. They're both ex-army vet doctors, and so I was in there. Nobody wore a mask. Not one person inside. And then he had to refer me to this other hand clinic where they were actually going to put like the the, uh, the little cast on that they gave me and like start some physical therapy and stuff but when i went there everybody was wearing a mask it's so weird <laughs> it was very strange yeah. see ho hospitals and places like that are the only places that i can be like all right you know i'm not gonna argue with you there you know whatever you want to enforce the masks they had a, some old people in there in too, a healthcare like, place so. that have you know no they gave me with. one i don't i don't have one i don't keep them but, anymore you know, I guess that's for nurses, and that's their fight <laughs> to fight. But um, that's the only place I can see maybe a legitimate argument being made for masks mandates. Everywhere else, I had no. So. But I'll tell you guys, I'll get to that. Um, what happened today? You guys are going to be. The I first saw. I, I saw your post. I was like, oh shit, we're going to break this. Hell yeah, let's break this. I want some court yeah. updates. <laughs> so let me. I'll yeah, jump back. I'll speed up through this, and then we'll get to we'll that. Get to so. That. Um, okay. We didn't initially just be like, hey, we're opening. Um, we had the idea. We joked around. But after a while, we're like, how long are they going to drag this out? Yeah. So there was uh, like a coalition of restaurants and bars in Staten Island and parts of Brooklyn. And we banded together. Um, it was called Iroar, Independent Restaurant so Something. There, there something. was a group. I, I was wondering that, too, you know, because it was something that I didn't really hear about i'm like why aren't more businesses like doing something like that banding together and kind of collectively deciding to all open at once yeah so we did we banded together um they even set up like this non-profit structure and bank accounts and we all donated to it and then we had the lawyers and that's where i met my lawyers initially okay. was they told the restaurants if anybody gets um you know, any fines or loses their license for anything because it was all bullshit was going on in New York and their enforcements. Um, they're like, we'll help fight it for free. So we had some meetings with the lawyers and with the restaurant groups together um, deciding what to do. So we met with the lawyers. Some of us were like, hey, should we just open? And the lawyers were at first, they were like, you're going to lose your licenses, so we don't recommend that. Well, let's try the legal route with the lawsuits. So we agreed, um, and this was probably in the summer. So I want to say sometime around, like now, but last year. And 
the lawsuits just weren't working. So we filed them, and then the judges were just like, no, like, just either they, like, didn't want to rule on anything. Or if you had the wrong judge that was appointed by the mayor or the governor, um, which is a thing, they literally just like, no, like, not a chance. Cowards, And this is messed up. So as it just kept going on, you know, um, there were few bars, um, you know, Keith and I were, some of them were like, hey, like, I think we just need to open. There's enough of us. We're like, you know, there's, we're up to like a hundred restaurants and bars. Um, like, that's more than enough to, to make a ton of noise. We're like, let's just open. And there were probably, I want to say five or six that were serious about it. We were always saying like, hey, we have to. It was mostly bars uh, because the regulations in New York were harder on bars than they were on restaurants yeah I, that's something too i wanted to kind of get into a bit uh, i guess going more back into like colonial times and revolutionary history but a lot of americans forget that you know when the american revolution happened that that was where it was planned you know it was, it was yep. planned in the taverns and the bars and i think there's certainly something to that for governments targeting establishments like that because they are very much still like a like a common public square you know before we had social media and all that that's where people went they went to the town hall they went to church or they went to the local tavern and that was where the different classes of people intermingled so i think there's definitely a relationship between specifically cracking down heavily on bars and taverns and trying to stifle dissent you know well they're, they're yeah and we kept, it was it was obvious what what they were doing because the the first like sort of wave of rules they just kept rolling things out waves so the first one was um you know if you don't have food you can't open and there are plenty of bars I, that I don't have that. food yeah they Not were essential. the ones that we, Nope. Yeah. So like, all, only what? liquor stores were allowed to stay open if you wanted to get liquor, and if you were a place that sold liquor but were like a bar, you know, if you didn't sell anything to eat, they basically gave you a hard close. Yeah, yeah. and then they were like, nope, you had like you're done, and then people were like, all right, we'll serve this, and we'll do Cuomo chips, and he was like, nope, chicken wings. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like Cuomo this chips. and that. People like, How are you doing this, guys. You have to understand. Like, he's this, he's making so that bars are going to close. I was like, he's saying that you need to basically be a restaurant. And then the next wave was, you know, things that were just restricting it even more and more and more. And some of the, moving the so there's posts. a hierarchy group, um, a hierarchy to the group that we had. And there were some that stepped up to be leaders in it. And um, as you guys can see, um, Growing up, I have no problem being vocal and doing things, but I took a back seat. I went to the meetings, but I took a back seat to everything because, again, my life is my kids. And I'm like, if other people want to step up, they don't have kids. seems like they're determined and they want to do the right thing and fight and lead the way. I'm like, I'm all for it if I can just support while still taking care of my family. Yeah. Um, well, what happened was, the, uh, without calling out names, but if they watch it, they know exactly who they are. Um they loved getting in front of TV cameras, and they loved um, going in front of the courthouses and releasing statements, and these were heavy hitter places, and they were able, their restrictions against them weren't as tough as the bars, and they were able to get funding and build these huge outdoor structures, and they had parking lots, so they had the space for it, yeah. and you can see it. After a while, they just stopped fighting as hard 
for the group. And they were like, yeah, like I spoke to the governor's office and they just keep saying we're going to open. I'm like, we're going on, you know, six, seven, eight months now. And I'm like, it's not acceptable. And I'm like, guys, if you don't, I was like, you're supposed to be the leader of this group. I was like, not the leader, just for what's best for you guys. It's like, and if you allow the bars in this group to just close and you're not going to support us, I'm like, just remember, we have power and strength in numbers. I was like, they'll just keep chopping away. I was like, every time they chop, there's somebody else. They keep chopping off the fat on the back end. Yeah. So right now it's these bars. Then the next chop yep. is going to be more bars. And I'm like, and then they're just going to keep coming. Yeah. It, rem- it reminds me of that quote, you know, first they came for the socialists and then no one spoke up for them. And then they came mm-hmm. for the, you know, the communists, whatever. The point is, you know, it doesn't really matter in this sort of fight, I think, what your political allegiance is anymore. It's like this really is about freedom or or tyranny. I think it's that, that yep. simple, you know. But if, so, you don't, if you don't stand up for, say, the people you might disagree with to some extent when you see that they're also being, I mean, I don't want to use the word oppressed because social justice warriors love that freaking word, but we'll say, you know, yep. oppressed or, you know, tyrannized then look when when they come knocking on your door don't expect that that people will be there for you so um i was bringing it up because i'm like you're just letting us get kicked to the curb i'm like literally we're days away from closing i was like we can't and keith and i were in max every day um cooking we changed it to like this like take out like kick ass takeout place we were still losing money like we could never raise enough no matter what we were doing in our small kitchen to be able to pay all the bills that were still due but i was like we're days away from closing and then he was like we're gonna open we're gonna open i'm like guys what don't you see it's obvious i was like by the time i was like around halloween i'm like they're going to close us down again there's going to be more lockdowns and they're like they're not they're not they're not and then it happened. Like, guys, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm like, I'm just paying attention yep. to what they're doing. Yeah, we're just so when the that signs. Um, Scott Lebedo, um, you know, you did a little post about him. He was, he's like this patriot activist artist on Staten Island. Um, well known, um, very controversial to well, say that, the least. That, that video was how I heard about him, and it was also it was how I heard about you guys. Was was from his video and. You know, he was there documenting the whole thing while it was happening, while the sheriffs showed up. But, you know, I just, it, it affected me when I saw the video. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. You know, this is ridiculous. We finally have someone standing up, and here they are cracking down on them. So I made that video very much on the fly, and I got a lot of shit for that video. Like, like I had gotten stuff, you know, I would gotten shit before from people, but after that one, for some reason, like, it gained a lot of traction among people who knew me. I used to work as a substitute teacher, and I'm from Elizabeth, New Jersey, so I'm actually from right across the water from you guys, um, right over the bridge. Yeah, and literally right <laughs> Yeah, so we're neighbors, you know, but a lot of former students started to, I don't know how many they were because they were using these burner accounts, but then I know they were, they were young, they were probably teenagers, and former students, they knew me just based on how they were talking to me. And they just started messaging me and attacking me and commenting on the posts and I had to keep deleting comments and shit and it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Like they were basically trying to like straight up cancel me. And I was like, Wow, well clearly I touched a nerve with, with that video. So <laughs> Yeah, man. so um that's that's you know, this unfortunately this is 
the world we live in today. It's weird, but... dude, it's weird. It's like to have, and also it's like I'm like standing up for them too. It's like that's the other thing. We're standing up for the youth, for them, for their future, and to have some of them like turn on you and to attack you, it was like weird. It reminded me of, I can't say the word, nazy, right? I'll say nazy. No, you yeah. can't say that word. It reminded me of nazy youth, <laughs> that sort of thing. You know, it's like, wow, you're over here like telling me I'm putting people in danger for wanting to open things up and have people be free again. That's putting people in danger. It was bizarre, man. So yeah, weird. to say the least. Yeah. And, but what Scott did was, um, earlier, like a, a couple of weeks before this, um, might have even been like a month or two before, he was, he did, like he does videos on time on social media, and I remember him posting, um, like I knew Scott through passing, but never actually, like, officially met him to be like you know call him up and say anything so he put a post out like a, a short video saying hey business owners like what are you waiting for like grow some balls and open up your places and stand up to this and you guys can do it if you do it together like every business needs to open up and do it on the same day and do it and keith and i kept saying it and some of the other bars like hey we're going to do it and when they announced the other um lockdown i'm like we're going to open so i sat down with keith and I was like, um, you know, we kind of joked around about it. And I think I was always more serious. I looked at Keith. I'm like, we're going to open. He's like, yeah, we should open. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, we're going to, like, I really want to open. And he was like, okay. And I think he just brushed it off because I didn't, I don't think he knew how serious I was yeah. about it. So I actually reached out to Scott Lobato, sent him a message. I'm like, hey, Scott, um, I think we met in passing a couple of times, but um, I have Max, um, and I want to open. I'm like, what ideas? Like, do you have any ideas on like how to do it or anything? And he messaged me back and said, if you're if you're serious um, and only like really serious, we'll come and meet you tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm a thousand percent serious. Um, so he came to Max, and he's like, this place is great. He's like, this is like my new hangout. He's like, okay. So he came up with the autonomous zone. Um, oh, that was so, so that that, <laughs> that, that wasn't cracked me up, man. That cracked yeah, me that up. actually was an idea, and he was like, "If they can do it, he goes, we can do it." <laughs> so he he created those actual posters. He's like, "Go get these printed out," and then he taped off the sidewalk, and then he's like, "Good luck, guys." He's like, "Open up," and he's like, "Get some people on your side," and that's how it started. But I knew I needed a spark. Um, I knew I needed to bring attention to it, and that's why I reached out to Scott because, you know, I was just uh, Keith and I were just these two regular dudes. Um, we had like a bar that was new, that was just neighborhood one. That you know, we had some regulars. We didn't have a following, so it was like, what's stopping the city from just sending people and then just it gets shut down immediately? But Scott is controversial and does have a following, and we brought basically the right amount of attention to it for it to be a problem for the city. And, you know, then the rest of it just kind of turned into a shitstorm real quick. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I got asked the question a lot, like, did you think that this was going to happen? And it went from like zero to a thousand overnight. Um, it was a lot. Um, I don't think anything could have even prepared us for what was going to happen. Um, I, it's even tough for me to explain the feeling inside. People are like, are you afraid? Are you this? I'm like, it's kind of every emotion that you've ever had just balled up. And now it's just 
here, <laughs> like right in the pit. Yes. Wow. Every and um, really weird. Um, again, to have sheriffs showing up in like SWAT gear every day, and then you actually have to take a step back. Like I would take a step back and be like, "Am I a criminal?" Like what they're telling me. And most yeah, of them it's like, like it's I'm like not. gaslighting, you know. It's like they it gets to a point where they're probably almost yeah convincing you like maybe it is me, maybe I'm doing something wrong, and everyone else around me, you know, they're all they're all correct, you know. But then you gotta like remind yourself like no, no, I'm not crazy, <laughs> I'm not crazy. This is wrong. What I'm seeing is is exactly what I'm seeing, and then people are trying to tell me that it's not what I'm seeing. Yeah. Actually, most of the sheriffs, like, they would show up with a lot, especially in the beginning. Like, there were at least 20 um, that would show up just in front, and I would meet them. Like, I would just be standing outside Insane. waiting for them. And they would issue me, like, fines and summonses, and be like, we're coming back, and here's 15000 and whatever. And I'm like, whatever. Um, a few of them would stay behind and, like, listen, we agree with you, but you got to shut this down because you're not going to win. And I'm like... Well, why don't you guys just not enforce it? Exactly. Just don't enforce it. Exactly. I was like, the only reason, like, why you're here is because um, the NYPD is standing down from enforcing this. Like, the NYPD is like the largest police force in the entire world, and they've they stood down. It's like, and I was like, you guys are enforcing it because like, the NY, the New York City Sheriff's Department is different than everywhere else. They do not do this, but they were instructed to do it because. They're appointed by the mayor, and the mayor controls what they do. Um, so they found an agency to do this. And I'm like, I was like, I literally can't buy my kids Christmas gifts because this was like this. I'm like, there's so many people reaching out to me saying the same stuff. I'm like, so I'm going to stand up for what's right. And the second night they came, they're like, listen, the mayor's office is directly sending us to you. This was like a specialized unit out of Brooklyn that was getting sent, which – goes against like everything that's supposed to happen it's like a Staten compliment island. now man it's like a badge of honor <laughs> yeah richmond county, which is Staten island has its own like richmond county sheriff's office like and i actually reached out too and um they were like listen if you just make this go away they're like just take all this down this nonsense and they're like well, we'll come back tomorrow and you can even be inside with people in there and they're like, we'll just drive by and tell the mayor's office it's gone. And I'm like, no. It's like, because I know that's what's going on because that's what every place is doing. I'm like, but nobody is standing up to this and doing what's right. It's like, they're not. I was like, so I'm not going to pull all this down. I was like, and if you tell me you're coming back tomorrow, see you tomorrow. And then the whole idea was to get businesses to join us. And all the ones, to get back to what I was saying before, that like there were probably five or six that were – voicing that we need to open with us um when it came down to it and keith and i were um you know after we met with scott we're like hey they we're all, opening they all back open with us. and they were like well we can't and i'm like guys we spoke about this like we need to and this is the only way that we're going to get it back and they're like you know what like we we respect what you're doing but we can't Cows. and then i'm like well Cowards. We're going to do it, and we'll fight it, and hopefully we can get you guys to do it. And we were honestly close, um, and the city and the state knew it. Uh, de Blasio and Cuomo got very nervous. Um, we actually had some private meetings uh, with some elected officials, and they were telling us what was going on. They're like, you definitely have more than their attention. 
Um, and they had to get me off the playing field. They had to because I was probably a few days away from actually getting places to join. And um, rest is history. You know, get chased so, down in the middle of the night by. All right. So that that I wanted to get into that a bit. All right. So after everything you just said, you guys open, and that was when the sheriff showed up, and that was when Scott made that video that went viral, right? And then it was shortly after that that you had gotten cornered, right, outside of Max. And that was when this whole incident played out and you were uh, accused of, you know, breaking a cop's legs and all that stuff. I wanted you to, to kind of clarify a bit on that story. <laughs> and um, especially because there was a lot of uh, bullshit that, that was put out about that story and what actually happened. So, you know, tell us what, what, what was that about, you know? Yeah, so a lot of people the next day and, um, you know, knew something was up because they said um, Danny made it very clear that he was willing to get arrested, like, every day and get all these fines every day. So how did this happen? Um, and immediately, like, it was in the news. It, this is how you know that it was, like, staged. Yeah. Before I even released they were already in the post, the daily news. Every major news outlet in New York was covering it, saying what they were happened. Like already and, on call, like on the ready to put the story out and spin it. Yeah. Broke sheriff's legs. Did this? Look at this criminal. What he did. And again, I, I like I was sitting there in in a holding cell. Um, you know, you don't have a phone. You don't have anything. That's um, crazy. That was definitely a world. But I was like, how am I here? And what happened? And I'm like, is it what they're saying? Because I could hear them and <laughs> what they did and said to me, um, that, that's a whole other story. But I'm like, is it? Is this how it played out? And then I'm like, it's not. And I kept telling, and this is how charges got dropped too, and how I was able to prove any time that the sheriff showed up, I met them. I even offered them my cell phone number. Um, my lawyers always told it and made it clear. Go get arrested. doesn't matter. We'll get you right out because you're not actually breaking any laws and it's all bullshit. Um, take the fines. We'll fight the fines in court. It doesn't make a difference. They always met me at Max or inside Max. And even when they arrested me, I'm like, I didn't fight it. I'm like, go ahead. Put me in cuffs. I don't care. Um, we're going. This was they waited. There were... Um, no exaggeration, 30 sheriffs, 10 different cars, um, mostly unmarked and undercover, no sirens, anything. And they basically had a stakeout, like all in the neighborhood waiting um, for me to go. And so then they, I got they, chased down. They waited for you to get block. out of work. Yes, so and be alone. So they're scouting Max, they're waiting for you to get out of work. And then as soon as you get out of work these people who you could not identify at the time started chasing you, right? Yep, they called out, so I was about halfway down the street to my car, and um, they just yelled out, Hey, Christy! This is my last name. Uh, we were getting, it, like, most of the things were positive, but we were getting, like, some death threats. I'm people. sure like, you were. You're, gonna, you're a bunch of COVID, like, you, you're sure spreading you COVID. Look, look what I just said. What happened with just kids attacking me on the internet? I'm sure you guys got some of the worst freaking threats out there, what you were doing. Yeah, day before, there was a guy trying to kick through the door of Max. Um, we actually had to call the cops. I saw um, I saw that footage. You guys put footage of that up, right? 
So all this is going on. Everything's super stressful. Then I'm walking to my car, and I'm like, oh, I guess you know I'm not getting arrested today because they didn't like the sheriffs didn't show up. Because again, any time they came, they just came and issued me a summons right there. Like they're like, here's your summonses again. And I thought we were actually getting like a cordial relationship. Yeah, face to face, you know, no, no secretness and sneaking. That they had to get that positive, mostly positive public opinion that you know we had at Max um, changed, and they just, just someone screams out, "Hey, Presty!" And I turn, I glance over my shoulder, and I get two people charging at me. Wow! And this is when they're like, "What were they wearing?" It's or, at night time too, right? <laughs> Weapon, and I was like, guys, it's 12:30 at night. I was like, all of this is going on. I was like, two people don't say like, hey, police or hey, sheriff's office. Yeah. Like, hey, Danny. Like, they could have just rolled up with a car, like slowly next to me, and be like, hey, yeah, sorry, we got to do this again. Like, any of it. And I'll yeah. be like, okay, like, what are we doing today? Are you taking me to a holding cell? Um, you know, you're just giving me. Summonses, well, it would have been really easy. Nope. Yell out my name. All of a sudden, I glance, and I'm like, nope, not dying here. I run. <laughs> not dying oh. here. Dude, that's, I, I run. That, that's what any sane, rational person, I think, would have did. If it's past midnight at night, you know, someone yells out your name, you don't know who the hell it is, and they're chasing you, you, you run, you know? Yeah, it's literally fight or flight at that point. And again, it's split second. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. Um, got my car, wouldn't start right away, and I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, why won't like why can't I shift? So anyone who watched the video too, like I know my cousin is, like why did it take you so long to like get out of there? So I originally auto started my car. Um, now for anybody that's auto starts their car and is being chased down by <laughs> by people in the middle of the night, just so you know, jump in and then you gotta press the button. So I immediately jumped in, and because it seemed like it was on, I'm trying to just shift and drive out of there. Um, won't shift, so I'm just if, if anybody has a lot of you get in with the adrenaline pumping and stuff too. It's you miss a lot, you know. If, I don't know if, if anyone's ever been in a situation like that when your adrenaline is spiked, but it definitely impairs you to some extent. So yeah, so sec and seconds seemed like 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 yeah, it might as well yeah. be a year at that yep. point, hours. That's so now like, yeah. I'm just looking down, like panicking, they're like, ah, they're going to shoot me. Like, I can't get out of here. Like, why can I not shift? Like, I'm going to just, like, pop out, like, right through the window, and I'm going to die. So I finally figure it out. I'm like, why can't I shift? And I'm like, oh, the button. So I press the button. Um, and everything's like, oh, so I shift. I immediately, as soon as I shift, start to go. I look up. There's somebody standing right in front. And... This is when they question me, and they're like, what was he wearing? I'm like, do you guys not understand what's going on? Yeah, and how fast all of the events are moving, too. And it's nighttime. Like, was dark clothing. And now there's multiple, like, around my car and in the front. So I hit the brake then. So, like, the car jerks, because I start to go. When I look up, there's someone standing there. I ease up off of it. I give him a chance to get out of the way. You don't get out of the way. I'm like, again, I'm not dying. And jumps on my hood, drive down the block. I got this guy on my hood, driving down the block. So now I had two people chasing me. Then I'm like, now I have someone on the hood. I get to the end of the street, and all of a sudden, this car, it's a tan car, 
No lights, no sirens, no markings, anything. Comes out and tries to ram my car. Jesus. That's crazy. So now, now I got two people chasing me in the street. Now I have someone trying to ram my car. I'm like, these people, I'm like, I'm, I was like, I got to get out of here. Um, of course, so there's a 7-Eleven directly, like, adjacent from where this is taking place. There's always NYPD there. Like, 99% of the time, there is, because the police precinct's right down the block, there's always, like, one parked in the neighborhood. Nope, not there. So, I'm forced to make the left. This car's speeding, trying to ram me off the road. I make another left, and the car actually hits my car and forces it to stop. Still done. Now I'm like, okay, I'm dead. Nope. Jump out. All of a sudden, there's 10 cars, sirens everywhere. And it wasn't until I got ripped out of the car that I realized they were sheriffs. That's crazy, dude. Then, and they kept saying, the sheriff broke his legs, all this. I was like, the guy on the hood, I was like, was the one who ripped me out of the car and roughed me up and put me in cuffs and walked me to the other car. So how do you, how do, you guy, do that with broken legs? I was like, this is impressive. And then Crazy. we were able to get footage too. We saw footage from, this happened at, in front of a restaurant that I used to work at, and they sent us the footage first. And I'm like, this guy's sprinting. I was like, this is it. I was like, there's no way. But didn't matter, damage was done. Um, they also said broken legs ambulance within... Less than 60 seconds, everybody was gone, off scene, completely gone. Like, all 30 sheriffs, all cars, everything, gone. Not a trace. So, from the time of me leaving Max to when I was, like, gone being driven to the police precinct was about two and a half minutes. Maybe. Wow. That's like, how fast all of that happened. Wow. Like, from, with me walking down the block and, like, and then that putting me in cuffs and getting me out. Um really but but then i had to figure it out like i'm sitting there in a holding cell I'm like how how did this happen and they're like yelling things at me and i'm like is this what happened i'm like why would why would i you know drive down the block with a sheriff on my and then i realized i'm like no it's not like they try to create this narrative for yeah. you and some things to like plant the seeds in your head and i'm like no I'm like this is what happened i'm like because if they identify themselves i'm like i would just just stopped. Yeah. I'm like, what did just come? You show up, you say, hey, are you Danny Presti? We're here to arrest you. <laughs> Why would the hell would you stake it out and then ambush someone in this way? You know, I, I think you're correct. I think they were trying to create a story around this. And I would not be surprised if, you know, the, the mayor and the governor or someone, you know, gave some orders from on high. Like, hey, we got to do something about Max and this Presti guy. We need to find some kind of way to smear his reputation or, you know, paint them in a, in a more negative light because too many people are, have their eyes on this story. So, yeah. So, and just since then, now it's, you know, like I said, the rest is history and, but they keep trying, um, we get stuff in the mail all the time. So all the court cases are coming up. Um, I had court today, very interesting, things are going on yeah you want to get um, into that a bit too like because i i know i think the last update we had from your story was a couple months ago they showed up right and they uh issued some more fines and i think it was keith right was he the one who ripped them was that him you said you want to do it so usually i'm like yeah. the guy that that'll go nuts and he's i'm like good i was like i'll video it i was like go nuts <laughs> I'm like, i loved that video that was awesome yeah these were fines that they got 
thrown out and dismissed. Yeah, so they like, came it, and they just reissued them to you? Reissue them. That's crazy. Plus, they came, they came to my house. Um, I was even there at like 10.30 at night on a Saturday um, to issue me fines. Like, with sons, that's when they were calling my cell phone, too, telling me they just had to give me keys. Um, they were kind of disguised as something. That's when I called my lawyers, and my lawyers called them, like, what's going on? They were like, you could come to our office and do this, because do not go to their homes anymore and try to pull these sons. Um, but, so, from then, now, all of the courts have been backed up, but all the, the hearings are scheduled for now, like June and July. So, I called my lawyer, I think yesterday, two days ago, I'm like, uh, do we still have court? He's like, I don't know. He's like, something strange. I'm like, what's up? He goes, everything keeps getting like dismissed or anything. He goes, I'm calling like the courts and everybody and the ju- trying to get in touch, and no one can give me an answer. So we show up today. I meet him outside in the morning. How to wear a suit. He's like, Dan, you got to wear a mask. He's like, do you even own a mask? I'm like, I figured <laughs> I might have to. He's like, bro. He's like, we go in. He goes, there's, you have 11 summonses that we're supposed to take care of today. 11. I'm like, I don't know if that's, uh, if I'm surprised by so that number badass. or if I'm going to more. I probably haven't told like 30, but 11 of them were supposed to get seen today. So he goes, but he goes, there's nothing else on like the docket or whatever he said because it's only your 11 i go is that because they cleared it so that we have all day to fight this stuff and he goes i don't know what's going on he goes we're gonna find out so he said in new york right now specifically the city they either just dismiss or they've been adjourning this stuff for a future date because they're just not seeing any summit so not even like related to covid or like my stuff in particular, just any anybody who gets a summons, if you had like disorderly conduct summons, whatever, if you're a regular Joe Schmo, they just keep automatically in their system adjourning it for another date, like later, like 90 days later, and then it, it's still closed by that. It just automatically does it, hmm. except for mine. So mine were the only, like my 11 were the only ones that were still there. Huh. So we go in. I guess it's like a clerk or somebody, and um, my lawyer, Mark Fonti, knows everybody. So he's talking to her, and she's like, this is strange. She's like, it does say that they're, you know, they're due today, and you're supposed to be heard. But the thing is, you can't be heard because they're not doing this. So he's like, you better not have a warrant out for his arrest after this. And this is, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It could just be they're leaving it on. Somebody is telling them to leave this stuff on, though, and not have it adjourned. So at the very least, it's make us go dress up, go to court early in the morning, and, you know, it ruins, ruins it. It's annoying. It's a day. What healing is what's going on is that their systems, again, like before, it's show up on this day. If you don't show up, now there's a warrant out for your arrest for not showing up to your court date. So now we're showing up, it's there, but they can't see us. And I'm like, they may have figured out a loophole here by keeping us in here that there's no, like, checking in, or we didn't see a judge to say, like, yep, I'm going to note this, that you guys are here. So he's like, what happens if they just issue a warrant out for his arrest? I'm like, I'm definitely getting locked up. (laughs) 
So, so I'm definitely so getting think, up. You think they're, they're trying to basically say, like, you didn't show up. That's what they're going to try to pull. Yeah, and I don't think, like, in the long run, I don't think it would do anything because then we could prove, like, the courts were shut down. But who's to say that their automated system, because we know we live in a day and age of just everything's automated. Like, it shows Daniel Presti did not show up for his court date. That was due today. It's in the system. And then it just sends a flag, like yeah. a red flag out. I guess the sheriff's so. waiting there like, oh. Look, issued a warrant. Like, let's go get him. And then they go pick me up, throw me in a hole. Like the tactics that the city and the state they keep just going. My state tax returns. I knew it. I had to get a new accountant because my accountant wanted nothing to do with me. Guy who the last twenty years. I'm like, listen, probably gonna get audited. I'm not hiding anything. Just need you. He's like, no, nope. Kick me to the curb. Wait, so he, he, he didn't he didn't want to work with you anymore? Nope. Because of what you did. Yeah, there's a ton of people, even people that are like, I respect what you're doing, but they just want nothing to do with me. Cowards. Like family. Wow. Family that won't even go near me or tell me things like, I really want to support you, but I don't want them, like, possibly looking into my life. Like, you know what? Just wow. see you later. Yeah, no, I look, we, we experienced something similar, you know, like... As you know, we, we went to D.C. on the 6th, and we were there documenting and talking to people and kind of witnessing what was going on. And we had the FBI show up looking for us twice. And you yeah, know, that, that was a really crazy you know, experience. The first time was even crazier you know, for a lot of reasons, mainly because we couldn't identify if it was them or not. So that really kind of shook us up. Second time, you know, we were able to identify it was them, and it was a little more funny than it was traumatic. But... Uh, you know, the point is, it's 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 a scary thing to to see like the state come after you, and uh, you will lose friends. You know, we we've had people cut us off. You know, I have people who don't talk to me anymore. I have people who I thought would have stood up for me or, or said something and be like, you know, hey, this is wrong. Nothing. Radio silence. You know, a lot of people didn't even reach out and be like, hey, are you okay? You know, we saw what happened to you guys. Are you okay? No, they don't want to be seen to be associated with someone who say questions of the lockdowns or you know questions critical race theory or you know in, in any way doesn't hold the the woke liberal lefty opinions in the way that they they feel you should hold those opinions they are starting to just distance from those people because i think they don't want their friends and family to think like oh i'm i'm like them you know or i'm a trump supporter or whatever the hell it is and i think it's cowardice you know i think i think you should be loyal to your friends you know, regardless if you agree with them on certain things or not. And I think, you know, if they're being harassed by the government, whether or not you agree with why they're being harassed by the government, you should probably say something like, I think this is wrong. But that's just me, you know? Yeah, there's, um, we've seen, if anything, this has shown us uh, people's true character. Yes. And look, throughout, throughout yeah. all of this. 2020 and, and uh, 2021, but especially 2020 was very eye-opening for me you know like who, who's yeah. there for you you know who's your real friend and you know who's not and also making you realize just when it comes down to it and there is a crisis or an emergency don't count on the people in power to be there for you they're gonna leave you hanging but you know we've made new friends too and that that's that's the silver lining to it is that all the fake people kind of just fell to the wayside but when more of us started to band together who are actually speaking out you know, we make new friends. Met you, you know, we met Mike from Anarchy Tattoo Studios. We talked to some other very interesting people, different artists and stuff all around the city. And people are resisting this stuff. And 
I think uh, I wouldn't trade what I did. You know, I'd I'd rather I'd rather live authentically and know that I'm actually speaking my mind and saying what I really truly feel and think, than to like censor myself and cover those things so I can uh, not rock the boat or keep my relationships with people, um, which are what built on on lies at that point. You know. Yeah, hundred um, percent, and I think you just nailed everything that you just said. Um, is the truth, and that's exactly how I feel. Also, with you can't uh, even some things that I tweet. Um, I don't tweet just to like get likes. Um, there's some things where I can see it's controversial, and people are like, you know, why'd you say that? I'm like, because it's true, and I'm not saying things to, you know, be fake about it. Uh, you know, we need to bring attention to things, and like what you said, people and their opinions on critical race theory. And- a lot of tone policing. <laughs> a lot of tone yeah. policing online. It's like, oh, well, I agree with that or what you said, but I don't like how you said it, or like, I don't like the meme that you used or that joke. I thought it was like tone policing. It's like, well, if you agree with it, you agree with it. Does it really matter if I said it in a harsh, abrasive way or if I said it in a nice way? Like, the point is, it's true, you know? One of the, the one of the most um, things I get the most, well, one of the things I get the most pushback from a lot is calling out um, someone like Desantis every once yeah. in a while. And while I do appreciate things that he um, has been doing and kind of standing up to things, I just let people know that remember he also put these lockdowns in yes, place. Yes, he did. She is what I keep telling people is he is still sign signing things. Yeah. Like into law, not the correct way, signing these mandates yeah. and bypassing systems that were in place to be checks and balances. I think, and, uh, I think and it was... where the checks and balances and everything has been hijacked uh, by people where the judges are just as corrupt as these corrupt politicians. But let's just say, in a perfect world, which it's not, but let's just say judges are there to, and the legislative branch is there to keep everything in check. DeSantis is still going and just signing things, but we're okay with it because it's fitting into our agenda. Yeah, so what I'm, uh, do you know, you know, what Ian, our you know, Ian Fitness, right? Uh, Ian Smith, he's the guy who uh, a Talish gym in Belmar, New Jersey. You yeah. probably know him because he's one of the only other businesses who stood up. Um, he posted something about this um, a couple months ago, I think, but. I remember specifically, uh, because it was about this, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something along the lines of like, you know, yeah, it's great that DeSantis is like signing, you know, these executive orders, but don't forget that the real issue here is these executive orders to begin with, you know, don't forget that it was the fact that they were able to sign orders like this to lock things down to begin with, and it's like you support the governor when he signs an executive order that, say, favors us in some way or like bans vax passes or, or that you agree with. But kind of sidestepping the issue that, like you said, they locked the country down to begin with, right? And it's, it's the fact that they have that power to just sign these orders through like that, you know? That's an issue. Um, it's still a problem that they're signing, like that DeSantis still has the power and authority, and it's unchecked sure. power in order to do this. Yeah. Well, I always tell people with the censorship, too, because um, some people are like, oh, Trump, he deserved to be censored. I'm like, listen, I hate Nancy Pelosi, and I'm not really someone that, like, I'm not a registered Republican. I never got into politics before yeah, this. We're I said, I don't care. So. You believe? I'm like, if Nancy Pelosi 
I was like, God on. And she was being censored for what she was saying. I would fight and say that she has a right to Same. speak her mind. I'm like, what don't you understand yeah. that nobody should be censored for their ideas? Like, one side can't say that this is wrong. And just like, he's, it's just too much power in their hands. And dangerous the power is still, it's still there. And I'm like, we need to limit this power. If this is showing us anything, it's we need to start to say, you don't get to do this again. You don't have this much power. And I think and I think they to... will try, to be honest. I, I have a feeling that now that the elites know that they can get away with this sort of thing, um, I, I don't see any reason why they might not try again to lock things down. And, you know, when the, yeah, next, the just, next variant comes out, like, or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, well, or, like, think, you know, if, if an actual more, like, serious virus comes about that and people actually are dying then yeah then they're definitely gonna be like oh well this time it's really really serious you know we know we you know we messed up last time but this time we definitely got a lockdown guys you know i can see it coming already you know because we proved as a whole when i say we it's like everybody proved that we're not willing to fight against yeah so once we showed them that we're willing to basically for the masses there's nothing. I said, there's literally nothing at this point that they can they can say to them and that they wouldn't do it. I said, like, it, the biggest joke was, like, the anal swab thing. I'm like, if they mandated yeah. anal swabs, I'm like, we would all be getting anal swabs. I'm like, because people would be like, we're saving lives. Yeah. I'm like, literally, there's nothing that they can say. I'm like, we've shown as a whole we're not willing to fight it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I said it before, too, online and, like, elsewhere, but I think if the government mandated that people pull down their pants and bend over and get a shot right in the ass, people would, they'd do it. Definitely a yeah, lot of people out there would. who would. I said there's nothing, and there would be, this is the sad part, there would be people happily and, with, like, they'd be like, yes, here's my butt cheek, sir. Like, please. <laughs> like, I... I'm like I'm doing like I'm doing my duty, and then yelling at us for like, hey, is this really necessary? Like, should we be doing this? And they'd be like, why are you like, why are you like this? Don't you want to save and lives? Pull your pants down. Get the shot. Yeah, it's interesting. It is crazy. The FDA actually just came out recently and said that there is an increased risk in uh, pericarditis, which is inflammation of the tissue surrounding the heart. Oh wow, look at that! They, totally they not something we've been saying. They're telling you know people to look out for it. They let the hospitals know to look out for it, um, and it's it's a thing. Yeah. What's it gonna do? They're still they're still lining everybody up yeah. and giving them shots. They're yeah. still reckon yeah. They're still advising that everybody go and get it. It's it's kind of kind of creeping on this. It's like we recommend like you know can cause cancer in pregnant women. It's like it doesn't matter. Or this has been known to cause cancer. You see anybody not buying cigarettes because of that? No. Yeah. So they're gonna put this little F warning on it, and they're still gonna line people up. There's, I don't know how it is in Florida. I know how it is in New York, specifically like in Manhattan and Brooklyn and subway stations. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's on every radio yep. commercial. It's every time you turn around on this bus stop, on this train station, anywhere that they could put this COVID stuff, they're doing it now. There's the pop up. There's this mobile transport of. Um, you know this they're doing it in school yeah, and yeah you have, the, you have the schools encouraging uh 16 year olds to walk in and to get the shot without even telling their parents so it's like hey are you a healthy normal like um a healthy individual like hey why don't you take this experimental shot 
I said it's actually very impressive how they have been able to convince people that this isn't an experiment. Yeah, yeah it's it, been normalized. It has been normalized. Yeah. And, and people that, been, that stay out are seen as the outliers. Yeah, there's been some younger people, when I say younger, kind of like late teens, early 20s, and I know they've gotten it. Um, one of the places that I was working at the last couple of months, and they're like, um, they would hear me talking to somebody. I wouldn't bring it up. If I go somewhere and I work there, I'm not like, hey, guys, like, don't get this shot, whatever. But people would know, and they'll ask me questions. They're like, why are you so against it? Like, this is approved, and it's safe. And I'm like, did you ask any questions before you got it? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, this is approved. And I'm like, okay, hang on. And I show them. They're like, I don't understand. Why are they telling us that it's approved and it's safe if you just showed me that? I'm like, did you ask any questions? <laughs> and they're like, no. No, but it just goes to show you that this, you know, their motives on what to tell people and how to do it, it works. And it really does because there are a ton of people that just stopped asking questions um, you know, they're like, well, this is what we're supposed to do, right? I'm like, how about you ask a question? And you know what? Ask questions, and if you still want to get it, go ahead and get it. But if they actually told you what it was, and it was like, hey, this is, like, advertised it the right way. They're like, we don't know what the long-term effects are, and, um, you know, this is, you know, you, you are the test for us, but we hope you do it because we're trying to save lives. Go ahead. You can even sugarcoat it a little bit, but yeah. there are a lot of people that think this is just approved, it's safe, it's, like, tried and tested technology and there's zero issues yeah. and the more and more guys like us do a little research you can see how many people are not only just like the bad side effects and having issues but actually dying from this and it's it, it's there's scary some, yeah. really sad stories of healthy 30 yeah. year olds teenagers yeah teenagers dying from this and I remember when they said the swine flu, um, they said like the normal threshold of deaths for anything Death in the past trial. was like 50, like 50. They pulled it. 50. We're going on tens of thousands yeah. of people. At least. And, and that's just go, going now, by the various reports, like, you know. And not everyone even reports all adverse reactions or, you know, deaths related to the shot. I actually have family members um, that and I'm just staying there looking at them they're like yeah like so and so and our family like had like a mini stroke my first question was i'm like did she get the shot and they're like why do you always have to think like this and i'm like did she get the shot she's like yeah but she got it like three weeks ago i'm like and why i was like why am i crazy for like, how do you not there's a link yeah out of their head they're like no that's not like you're wrong i'm like you know what? Don't even tell. Just why are you even calling me and telling me this stuff? Because you, I'm like, how are you not going to relate the two? How? Or at least ask like, questions, you know, and find that a little, you know, oh, strange. Like, oh, so and so was fine, and then they get the shot, and then three weeks later they have a stroke. You're not going to question I think that. This is what, yeah, I think this is what happens: is people have like a like they don't want that guilt. Yeah. Especially if they're somebody that told somebody like, hey, like, yeah, okay, this is available. Go get it. Like, think about even now with a kid, for every story that we see where the parents are coming out or, you know, the aunts or uncles that are like, hey, my nephew or somebody, like, got the shot and is now dead, how many are going to be like, oh, because they don't want that guilt on them if they were the ones to bring them be like, hey, yeah, go get the shot, it's available, it's safe, and then their kid dies within, you know, a week or two or days, you want that guilt? 
I think there's some people that are going to not be able to put that on them. Again, you tell a lie so many times, it becomes the truth. Um, just tells themselves, like, nope, um, this had to be something else. It had to be over. Aren't going to say anything about it because then I don't even want to know what that has to feel like at that point. But again, we're the ones who ask questions. I honestly think a lot of people who got it do have some buyer's remorse or at least are are somewhat worried about maybe future side effects from having got it and are questioning their own decision. But I think uh, I think that's why so many of them are always like, you know, did you get the shot? Did you get the shot? Did you get it? Like they have to know because I think. The more people around them who get it, it helps them feel validated in their own decision to have yep. gotten it, where I think deep down a lot of them are questioning whether or not they should have gotten it at all. And the more they see the news coming out, you know, and it's turning out that people like us were right about a lot of the stuff we were saying, I think they have to, some of them are doubling down, you know, and that they, they need to know deep down that the choice was the correct one. And I think a lot of them can't sit with it, so... Well, I think a lot, I, I think I know some people too where, and they started to come out with the numbers initially where nobody, a lot of people were, weren't showing up for their second shot. Like there were a lot. Yep. And like, this is, this is an issue. Yeah, and it's an issue. You got to reduce was, that well, hesitancy. It's hard to feel like, hey, because something's not right here. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is, it's crazy. So uh, I wanted to go back to Max really quick but so you you guys are closed correct you're closed by court order yep no one can go in if i go in if you go in if anybody goes in uh 30 to 90 days in jail insane holy shit wow you know i i was uh i think messaging you the other day and one of the things i said was just how crazy it is you know that the other businesses aren't standing up for you now and this kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier how you guys initially banded together some of you and you're all going to kind of fight this fight together and now all those people backed out and then they just kind of leave you guys to fight the battle alone and then now they open things up they lift some of the restrictions all these businesses are allowed to run for their cowardice right and then you for being brave are now being punished you guys aren't allowed to open you're not allowed to make money i think it's a damn freaking shame i think these other businesses should be ashamed of themselves for not banding together for not supporting you guys and especially now while while things are open and you can't be open i it just it pisses me off man it really angers me uh, again, we had to, there were a few of us, they had to make an example out of us. Yeah. Um, did I fight everything kind of the way that we should have? Probably not. Um, if I could go back and fight it differently, I may have taken some different course of actions. It is um, what it is. It may, you know. uh, would I have changed anything? And do I regret actually opening and standing up to it? Absolutely not. I would do that, you know, at a, a thousand times. I would do it a thousand times. Um, I don't have any regret doing what I did, um, even if it meant that Max would still be open right now. But um, I am learning that I probably could have taken a different course of action with things. That, uh, But again, I don't think that it would have changed the outcome because yeah. we live in um, New York. Is, it's crazy what's going on, and it's literally like a dictatorship um, that we live in between the governor and the mayor and um you know if you're familiar with staten island staten island is a little bit different than the rest of the city um they always call it the forgotten borough 
or it is sort of like the forgotten borough. You guys are like a little more, I think, like New Jersey and us, because you're like right next to us. Yeah. yeah, like somebody even asked me the other day, I'm like, hey, I took the kids to the beach, and they were like, oh, we're like Jones Beach, and I'm like, no, it's like from Staten Island. We go, to, we go to Jersey. I'm like, we don't go. <laughs> we go to the beaches in New York. Yeah. Like we go to Jersey. Yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. We're going to keep fighting things, but just in a different way. Um, but again, I don't regret anything. Um, I never want to give this city or state my money ever again. But <laughs> so I don't have people like, are you going to open up Max again? I'm like, honestly, unless I can do it and I'm looking into ways to make it private where I wouldn't have to give them anything or live under the tyrannical rule of the state liquor authority, who I found out has a ton of of power, um, then no, I don't want to. Even if I have the ability to do it, um, I would rather go down um, south somewhere. I just know when I say south, not necessarily Florida, um, not even a specific place, but it tends to be the southern states, at least not like in the northeast, um, are just more free. Um, I still think freedom, I've found out, is an illusion, but... There, that's a whole more topic. Free. Yeah, we can get into, but I understand what you mean. But uh, I do not want to give this city or state um, any money whatsoever. So, so, so you guys are can, you guys are considering leaving and relocating? Yeah, we we want to honestly. Um, you know, I still go. I think there's uh, a rebellion tomorrow in Manhattan um, that I'll probably go to. Um, I like showing support. I try to go to as many as I can. Um, I've met some really good people, and I'm kind of just going for these people. Um, I see how important it is to them, um, and it is important in a way. But does it actually make change? It doesn't, yeah. um, and I think that's what we allow to happen. Uh, I tell people all the time, like, it, there, there's a reason why they tell you that you can peaceful protest is because I was like, you show me one peaceful protest that actually like recent in recent days that actually did anything throughout especially with covid i'm like it doesn't i'm like we go and go to these uh the city hall meetings when they're trying to pass these bills i'm like they pass it because it doesn't make a difference yeah there, there's um, a but, lot of misconception yeah. that that protesting is like the only way to make real you know societal change when it's not you know there there are a million little decisions we we make in our everyday lives that i think have far more of an impact on on what's happening in the world than you know going out on the street and waving a sign like who you spend your time with you know what do you what do you spend your money on uh what do you spend your time watching things like that are all political decisions and i think people underestimate the power of those political decisions and they kind of reduce politics to what happens in the halls of congress or you know the people in the suits and ties or going out on the street and protesting and waving a sign when you know, in a sense, politics is just people relations, and all the little decisions we make are political, technically, and even if your decision is to ignore politics and to not pay attention to what's happening in the world, that is also a political decision. That is a political position you are choosing to hold. So. Yeah. I, I'm just, I think the only reason why I want to try to open up something in New York, and I have some, I'm doing some brainstorming currently, um, again, I want to almost do it in a private way, is because I'm, I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive, and I think I've been. I think I have a flawless streak. Actually, I think we all do. Of get like 
I'll call it a guess at this point, even though it's not, of what's to come. There's lockdowns coming again, yep. whether it's for COVID. Yep. I saw, no, you guys saw, they said the building that that fell over in Miami fell um, was due to climate change. Huh. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I shit you not. Well, I was gonna, look, I mean, did did you see the Project Veritas leak with uh, Charlie Chester? You probably saw that right where they, yeah. they caught him undercover. That was what he was saying. He was saying that, you know, once the, the, the COVID narrative dies down, that the next thing CNN and the media were supposed to rally around was, was climate change. They're supposed to switch back to that narrative, and we're seeing it happen. So, And they're going to have climate lockdowns yep. will be a real thing. I, I think I they're agree. not done with COVID. I think they're going to really stress this Delta variant. I saw today that um, Israel is now reissuing their their lockdowns and their mask mandates even though they were 80 percent vaxxed crazy but climate lockdowns it's coming and i kind of want another bit like something that when we do the lockdowns again i'll probably lose it but again i don't care because i want i want to stand up to it again yeah. and i want to say nope I'm in your way, and they're going to be like, oh, he's like, how? Damn how is this kid Presti still? again. Get him. I think, I think my friend Johnson will be uh, um, like the herpes virus. Uh, <laughs> every time the city and the state think that I'm gone, they're like, he's gone. You crushed him. He can't possibly come back. Like, I keep popping up, and I'm like, surprise. Well, I think that's, that's here the other again. thing, too, why, you know, it's probably a difficult decision for you to just decide to leave. You know, it's like you don't want it to feel like they won you know and i'm not saying if if you leave that it does mean that you won like you know mike is leaving right he's leaving the bronx and anarchy tattoo studios they're closing but you know his whole thing is i want to do it on my terms i don't i don't want the city yep. to starve me out i don't want it to get to a point where by the time i leave i have nothing left and i can't build you know I and can't, it's so that's that's the thing i think i'm like I've gotten like this hardened shell at this point. I'm like, throw whatever you want at me and um, I can deal with it. But do I want my kid um, growing up and living in New York? And the answer is no, it's not. Um, And that's, that's a huge factor is I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I think by I'm already trying to come up with um, a network to do some sort of like homeschooling, which it's not just like me teaching them, but like with other parents and I'm, reaching out now because i'm almost positive in new york they're going to mandate um this shot for the yeah. kids um we state officials already say that that's the plan Jesus. um as early as september and by january 2022 i think which is not that far away they said uh five five years old and up is going to have to take the shot that's I'm like, crazy i am not like you're weaponizing school systems it's against evil. it and that was um the thing that i've been I've been fighting with the schools um, against the schools more than the businesses because I said, well, my business is closed right now, um, and I frankly don't care about the other businesses because they didn't care about me. So my fight recently has changed to fight for the children. I actually uh, did want to get into that more a bit. That'll probably, I guess, be the last thing we chat about. But I saw, you know, one of your live streams that I think it was last week you did it, and you were talking about your daughter and the mask issue in school. And I was wondering, you know, if you would go over a bit of that and, you know, the story there and how you kind of got your daughter to realize that she didn't have to kind of she didn't have to conform to her peers and she could choose to take the mask off and 
and that it was okay to do so, right? Well, okay, so I'll touch yeah. on it. There is some things that I'm not going to say yet just because um, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Okay. Um, but I'll over, I'll touch on on what happened with her and then what I've been telling other parents um, that have reached out. So I've been fighting it from, you know, for a long time. Um, and they even, the school system is even trying to tell me outside that I had to wear a mask. I got into it with them a couple of times. Um, they were saying, nope, she has to wear a mask. Um, I would ask her and she's like, no, I don't want to wear a mask. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been around like four and five year olds that wear a mask all day long. I, I By the time you go, it's disgusting. And like, this is child abuse. It and is. I would start yelling at there are a few days I'm yelling at the A's. I'm like, look at this. Like, I'd peel it off her face and be like, look at this. And I'm like, this is your fault. And they don't want to say anything. And they're they like, don't. listen, it's not, it's not like this is a problem. Because everyone's just complying and saying, like, well, this is my job and I want to keep it. I'm like, if everybody at the school said no, we can start making change here. Um, so I was able to fight it. My daughter's like, no, daddy, I don't want to wear it. So there's different avenues depending on what state you're in, what school district, what city, um, you know, how, if you go talk to the principal, the superintendent, what their beliefs are on it, there's different ways that you can fight it. Um, but I try to tell people almost a hundred percent of the time, if you're willing to fight it, you're going to find a way to get that mask off your kid. What I've seen more and more though, is that especially with the high school kids, they want to wear it. That's weird. They want to. Yeah. Well, remember what I told you earlier about what happened with me? There's something weird, man, going on with a lot of the youth. Yeah, it's not all of them, but quite a lot of them. They've become like com way more compliant, less rebellious, you know, automatons almost. And I would be like, I'm not wearing yeah. this thing. Oh, like, yeah. If it were me in high school, I would have been like, go F yourself. I'm not putting this shit on. I used to wear like t shirts with like, you know, metal as on the back you know stuff like that and they'd be like turn your turn your shirt inside out they wouldn't have gotten me to wear a mask that would have never worked it became like cool to just follow the rules yeah. at this point but you thought that high school would have been the one place where they were like this is like we we can't like we're trying but we can't well i said it in the beginning when they were trying to say like the lockdowns of schools it's like if my kid was in high school i was like i would have went kick the door open for them they're like go sit down they're like what are they gonna do? Arrest everybody? They're gonna arrest all the high school kids? I, I feel like, like I feel like there was this sort of ideological um, fusion between the idea that the mask is the right virtuous thing to do and the woke ideologies of you know BLM and critical race theory and LGBTQ and all that stuff. And I think when these two things came together, that's what it is. I think a lot of the students, the Zoomers, who support these you know lefty liberal identity politics type ideas view the mask as the more compassionate, you know, way to live. And that yeah, all it's that weaponized was, compassion. Yeah, it's weaponized compassion. So they, they kind of, I think, reeled in a lot of those woke kids to stand up for the masks and the mandates because they think that they're, they're standing up for They the, think that they're helping. Yes, they think that they're helping, that it's the compassionate thing to do, and they don't realize that. Because they're being lied they're to. They're young. They don't, they don't understand yet. Yeah. Yep, and it's... It's scary. It's it's scary what's going on, it's especially like I told you here. A lot of people still wearing the mask even though they don't have to, and 
uh, Cuomo gets on, says like it's over now. Um, if you're not, if you're not vaccinated. He just passed something. I think it was yesterday or two days ago that um, you get a thousand dollar fine. That's crazy. That is. How can you enforce that? Like, but and well, that's what I said. Uh, I was like, who's going to enforce it? So people are reaching out to me, tagging Max, and they're like, look. Uh, I'm like, well, who's going to enforce it? I'm like, because the NYPD, last I checked, is still taking a stance that they're not going to enforce it. And when I looked at it, it still says, um, it says any health official is allowed to enforce it and fine you. So that means, like, when I was at Max and the TSA and uh, the Taxi and Limousine Commission was trying to come into Max and tell me what to do, and I would kick them out. I'm like, no. And they're like, no, we, we need to come in here. And I'm like, no. These people are actually allowed to find you. Hmm. That's insane. Almo got on last week and said, "Sell, lighten off five perks and all this saying the the emergency is over and there's no more COVID rules." So he gets on, says, "There's no more COVID rules. Looks great to everybody because again, people don't look into these things." But simultaneously, a couple of days later, he just sent another thing that says, "If you don't wear your mask and you're not vaccinated, thousand dollar fine." But I told people, "Don't pay the fine because let a judge tell you you have to pay the yeah. fine." I'm like, again, they could be a million dollar fine. It doesn't mean you have to pay it. But, and I don't think anybody will ever have to pay it. Um, But it's threat of it. That's what this man has figured out. Um, And he's very good at it, is the threat of something is enough to keep people at bay and to, like, keep the mask on and do whatever he wants you to do. Yeah, it's all about compliance. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just keeps finding ways. Again, this... This guy's never going to relinquish power. You know, for what, two weeks it was like, oh, this guy, resign, resign, resign. He's like, I'm not resigning. This guy does not want to give up any power. And I think at some point he'll always make it to be like, I'm going to tell people to do this. They're going to continue to do it. Now, he comes from his family. The Cuomo's are a long line of, like, corrupt, wealthy bureaucratic style individuals. His father He's, was uh, very influential in, in, New, in the New York State. Him uh, and his uh, weren't him and his wife in the Epstein Black Book. Yes, they were. They were in the Epstein's Black Book, and his <laughs> his brother is on CNN. Like I, I, I originally got confused yeah. between the two of them because I don't I don't watch CNN. I don't know anything about CNN. And then I remember hearing I was like Chris Cuomo, isn't he the governor of New York? I was like, is it the same person? And then I realized it's his brother, and I was like, well, that's not shady at all. You know, they got they, yep. they have the guy basically running cover for him on TV. And then they have these childish bickering arguments over nothing. Meanwhile, you know, the man's probably responsible for tens of thousands or more of dead people yeah. in New York City and then New York nursing homes. Early in the lockdown, too, it's just the, the press conferences every freaking day. Boy, that man loved to hear himself talk, man. What a fucking narcissist. Yep. Got tired of it. <laughs> it was insane. And there's everybody, they're always, you know, just like coming on. They just were doing like this. It became ritualistic almost. You know, yeah. you would recite the daily number of positives, the daily number of hospitalizations, yeah. how many they're, people had passed away. They're still doing that. In New Jersey, like uh, Governor Murphy, every freaking like day or other day, they're posting updates on the COVID numbers still. I'm like, and that's the other thing propaganda. that they don't talk about either is that Murphy and Wolf are both also did the same thing yep. that Cuomo did, putting those like, those positive patients in nursing yep. homes and killing old people mm-hmm. it's just nobody ever talks about the new jersey or pennsylvania deaths i don't even know if anybody's tallied them yeah. how many and old people the in fact that these died. these states that locked down the hardest had the highest you know ratio of deaths like we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that okay yeah 
Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. The yeah. inventor of mRNA <laughs> vaccine. Oh, oh. He, he got censored on YouTube. So, Everything is fine, guys. Yeah. She just went on this. That's right. The guy who invented Everything's it fine, Danny. Shh. Everything's fine. <laughs> Nothing is There's wrong. There's an issue. <laughs> just delete leave his YouTube video. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I guess uh, I guess we're going to call it there. I think we're about, what, like an hour and a half in? Yeah, we can call yeah. it there. And we'll do we this again. Stay on. We can talk to you yeah, after. We'll do this again for gonna, sure. It's going to end um, it for the recording. The video was also like really choppy on your end. I don't know what's up with the connection. But it could be the Wi-Fi. Yeah. It could be any millions of but, things. But, but the audio is fine, so hopefully everything will be you know, looking okay. But, Danny, dude, thank you so much. Um, you know, like I said to you the other day, I think your story is incredibly important. Um, the reason why I wanted you to come on the show was I don't want the story to die. I don't want people to forget what you did and why you did it. And, you know, I commend you. I think you're incredibly brave. I think you're brilliant. I think you're a good father, you know, and I think you're a good American, whatever that means. And just a good person. I, I, I don't think anyone would do what you did and stick their neck out in the way that you did unless they truly, you know, cared about the future of all of us, you know. So thanks, man. Seriously, thank you. That means a lot. And um, I, I thank you guys for bringing me on and, uh, you know, doing this because, again, otherwise it will die if, <laughs> if, if we don't talk about it. So does mean a lot uh, what you just said to me and i appreciate it and i appreciate you guys asking me to come on for the record danny presti is not suicidal just putting that <laughs> just putting that out there. <laughs> well adjusted I'm like magby if oh if i uh Eps if i epstein myself it wasn't my <laughs> just the fact that that's a verb now oh, it's just so, so crazy crazy uh do you want to tell where can people find yeah, you on instagram you? twitter um, at Max Public House. Uh, I also have my personal at Danny Presti. Uh, that's I use as the backup in case you know one of these gets silenced and shut down. I believe my Twitter handle is almost exactly the same as that. I just kind of use the tweet post on Instagram. I hate social media, guys. I know it so doesn't do seem we. like it, but I actually. But I, I want to hire to someone, just... dude, to just, like, deal with that shit. Like, ask Brent. It drives me nuts. Like, I get so tired of it. But it has to be done. You know, there's there's no other way to, to communicate. It's the modern public square. So, like, we even had to move off of it onto other platforms. It's hard. You know, they, they win if I stop speaking. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm doing it. So, yeah, the Max one, that's the main one, at Max Public House, um, the Instagram. Facebook completely shadow bans us, so you can find us Same. on there and like it um, every once in a while. I'll post, but literally I'll get, like, a like. Um, we're just completely shadow banned on Facebook where it's not even worth posting Percent. anything. The censorship unless is like, hey. very, very real. It's very real. And I think, you know, it's, I think people who aren't posting the things we're posting and experiencing it firsthand... To, I think it's like almost hard for them to believe that it's actually happening. But until it happens to you and you start getting targeted and having your things removed, and then it becomes a very real thing. You know, we we are living in a sort of light totalitarianism here, and I think uh, if we don't if we don't keep resisting, as your shirt says, uh, it's only going to get worse. You know. But yeah, dude, Danny, thank you so much, man. I, have a great night. We appreciate the conversation. We will have you on again for sure. You know, you'll probably be one of our our regulars in our our circle. You know, this community that we're trying to build. But 
everyone else, thanks for watching. Um, you can find us at Dangerous Rhetoric on Instagram and uh, go to DangerousRhetoric.com. All of our stuff is on there. Yeah, I'm Dan. Friendly. Take care. <laughs>